Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Song, bro. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome in to episode number 109 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host Jesse Taylor, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And Jess, the birds move to 5-0 and after a 23-14 win out in L.A. last week. Should specify L.A. Rams because there's multiple L.A. teams. But I was nervous in the beginning there, Jess. It was too – you know, you, you – First half, you thought it was going to be a shootout. You were looking at this going, oh, my God, the defense is in over their heads. What (laughs) are they doing? What's going on? And the Eagles were continuing to struggle a little bit in the red zone. So you're thinking, okay, if, you know, we're going to be seeing a, you know, 48 to 45 final score game here, no defense whatsoever being played in this game. So going into halftime, barring the – that last score right before the yeah that was encouraging it was encouraging it made you feel a little bit better for sure but you it it was not looking like it was going to be a relaxing second half of this game I agree with you 100% and that's one thing that I think is one of the best parts that we did see out of this week were those second half adjustments specifically from our defense because like, as you mentioned in the first half, it was, and that's the annoying thing about the Rams is like, they're not a team that you look at and you're like, wow, this team is so good. But Cooper cup, for some reason is just so quick. And like, they just do the little dump passes and he's just like, it's almost unstoppable. It feels to so many people. So, and that's what they were hitting us with, but the second half, they were able to kind of manage all that and shut them down quick. Our defense just went off and especially at the end of the game when it really mattered. I mean, Hassan Reddick came up. He had no, sorry if you can hear this plane behind me. I guess uh, we have like jets going over or something. But hey. I it, but wasn't anything. Ah! I rock. Um, ah! <laughs> no, but. um I thought anything of it until you mentioned it. Oh, okay. It must sound just a lot louder to me. But um yeah, so just the second half adjustments from our defense was really encouraging. Hassan Reddick had no sacks through, what, three games? And then the last two weeks, now he has three. So everything yeah. seems to be rolling. Jalen Carter, we mention him every single show because he's just amazing every single game. So it's, it's really nice to see. Yeah, and was able to continue that dominance. Him and Jordan Davis were able to continue to wreak that havoc inside, even without rotating Fletcher Cox in there as well, which is also really encouraging to see that they were sort of able to hold it down. And I do think one of the most encouraging parts of last week was just seeing the ability to make the adjustment and yes. 
game and see what happened in the second half there. Like you said, the Rams are not a supremely talented football team. Of course, they've got really talented players in areas, but they are not this team that you look at and go, okay, this is going to be every weekend a tough matchup, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, you're not looking at them going, they're not the 49ers, right? Like they're not the exactly, yes. 49ers are playing right now, completely loaded on both sides. They're not the Rams of a couple years ago. So they, but they were looking like absolute world beaters against the, the Eagles in the first half. So being able to see the defense go in, make the adjustment and then shut them out in the second half was super, super, super encouraging. I thought that the offense was extremely encouraging as well. I honestly thought that that opening drive by the Eagles was the best called drive by Brian Johnson all season. I thought between 20s, Brian Johnson completely had his best game of the season, but the red zone is still horrific and needs so much help. Well, that one. Yeah, I I have no idea. Maybe, I don't know. Is the president going over? I don't know. But... (laughs) What is he you, doing? You Heck knows. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of close to Delaware. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> no, but I completely, completely agree with you. That um, first drive was like electric coming Perfect. out of the gate there. And then obviously you let them score the following drive and that's what kind of made you nervous. But the offense, yeah, for the most part, it was, I was texting you after the game and you said textbook. And for the most part, it was textbook. Like it was so nice and it was what we wanted to see. You saw Hertz get some rushes again and really use his legs, but not overdo it. There were a few parts oh, where like he right had to push. Exactly. There were a few where he had to push just to get the extra yard to get the first down. And it was like, ee. but uh-huh. um, cause you never like to see him get hit obviously, but no, it was really refreshing to finally see that again. Goddard, as you mentioned, that was just amazing that we finally saw him have some kind of with Jalen Hurts because it seems like even when they did try to get something going earlier this season they had no connection and for some reason just weren't clicking but we finally saw that um you saw balance in the rushing game and the passing game it was just it was beautiful until the red zone like you mentioned and there was just we saw Kelsey even getting frustrated with it like it's not it doesn't make any sense why it's just halting right there. And it doesn't make any sense why it seems like a completely different like mindset with the approach to the play calling in the red zone versus yeah. the way that they call plays. Just c- continue exactly what you're doing. There's no reason why you should be a like have a completely different philosophy in the red zone than you do the rest of the way down the field. I understand in certain situations, you need to approach it with a different Mm -hmm. philosophy. Like there's no reason it should look like a completely different offensive scheme and completely different offensive mindset in the red zone versus the rest of the field. It it, it, are the planes going over again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, dude. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Like it, it was... But even like you said, it was a balanced attack the way that they approached it, but it became really unbalanced in the red zone. And it just, it, I don't know, yeah. it just really bad decisions and decisions that you could see from a mile away. And like, if we're able to see them on our couch from the Philadelphia area, I am sure that the professional football players on the opposing side of the field from the Eagles 
on the field actually playing them <laughs> are able to see it as well. A hundred percent. And that's the thing that I'm like, maybe they're like trying to outsmart them. And they're like, they're expecting this because we've been doing it all drive long. We're going to switch things up. But it is just so frustrating. That's what I'm saying. It's like trying. Don't, you're outsmarting yourself in that We're through five games and it's been just consistently not making sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have like, even just using DeAndre Swift and seeing how dominant he is and then just being like, well, we're going to use Gainwell more in the red zone. Huh? Like just stuff like that is just, it's just so frustrating. And like you said, like, it doesn't make sense. And um, we definitely need to see the improvement there because obviously even the offensive line's not agreeing with it. If you see Kelsey go off like that during a game, because he's such a leader, you never see him talk back, but it's obviously getting to them. And actually, Nick Sirianni was just asked about that in his press conference this afternoon, just about like the emotion on the sidelines. And Nick basically was like, I'm an emotional guy. I consistently am emotional during games. I encourage my team to be that way. And he's like, listen, it's because we all have the same mindset mentality. Our goal is to win. And we need to get to the root of the problems of if there's problems going on. So I'm never going to encourage them. He was like, first of all, I am never going to stop being emotional on the sideline. So who am I to try to encourage the rest of the team to not show their emotions on the sideline? He's like, we're not, but it's, it's not an, an issue essentially. Like we figure it out. We talk about it. We have to air those things out to figure out what's going wrong so we can make it better, which I totally agree with. It's just, you know, it's the national media decides to make a big deal out of with AJ Brown and you know, all the different stuff. But I thought that, you know, but you're, I think you have a really good point in that, you know, he is such a leader and he typically is pretty collected that it was interesting to see it, but you know, obviously they're all starting to feel that they're struggling in the red zone and it needs to be fixed. Like, you watch the Sunday night game, right? With the Cowboys and the, and the 49ers and you watch the way that the 49ers were moving the ball. And it's like, yeah, are the 49, do the 49ers scare me? Absolutely not. But if the Eagles can't execute in the red zone, that's going to be a problem. If the Eagles can just execute in the red zone, that's going to be a phenomenal matchup in a couple of weeks. It's still going to be a good matchup in a couple of weeks to see, but like the Eagles and the 49ers, I think are, really on the same wavelength here but the 49ers are able to capitalize on their opportunities in the red zone yeah I agree with you 100% I think um more so where we like this kind of becomes interesting is just because we've heard these guys talk all season so far and be like we have adjustments that we need to make and they've kind of been patient and then we've been talking about how they've been lucky that their schedule has allowed it but really you have this Jets game and then your schedule gets hard so I feel like that's adding a lot of extra pressure as well to this because they're starting to feel like, okay, guys, we're running out of time. This needs to start clicking. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's also coming into effect. It's just the pressure. But oh um, we talked about it last week. We've talked about it every week. Yeah. It's like, you know, we keep saying, okay, but you know, new offensive coordinator, da, 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 we see it say the whole thing, but it's like, how long You're running out it starts of- to be like, okay, this is actually a problem. And like, Last week, we were like, okay, if they can't figure it out, it's really going to be a problem. And now they're starting exactly. to be like, hey, if we can't figure this out, we got a, a gauntlet of games coming up that are not going to be simple. We got to figure I this out. I agree with you 
I will say you brought up um, Cowboys 49ers and that's one of the things, well, basically the only thing that I had for around the league because it was just so awesome to see them lose. What was it like 40 to 10, 42 to 10. Um, So you love to see it. There is so many planes. Oh my (laughs) gosh. (laughs) But um, the irony of this as well. with It's actually, it is comical because it's the foreshadowing here is just something we could not even script. (laughs) <laughs> but, not at all. Well, um, I think the planes are trying to encourage us to actually just talk about that matchup instead because the Eagles are five and zero. There's like one glaring problem. Well, probably two, I guess. And this will be our our final thoughts on on you know the Eagles through week five here. My sort of final takeaways at this point are they're five and zero. Nick Sirianni is the first head coach in Eagles history to start back to back seasons five and zero. It is impressive what they're doing. We talked about it last week as well. Now that, you know, the Eagles are proven as one of the best teams in the league, they're getting a, everybody's best shot. Every, yeah. everybody, they're throwing everything they have at the Philadelphia Eagles week in, week out. We should expect to continue to see that. But they need to figure out a way to score when they're in the red zone. They need to capitalize on those opportunities. They cannot just keep letting things go. And the secondary needs to, needs help. They're, they are not well, and they need to figure it out. Obviously, they made the adjustment. They brought Bradley Roby in. They were like, you know, you've been here for two days. You're better than whatever's going on right now, I think. Literally. And he was. He, he did a great job when he yeah, came he in. he did. But everybody, like, collectively, that was one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen from the James Bradbury, Darius Slay combination as well was not it good. was well so. and that's that's one thing before we go into this week they did open the practice window on kobe dean so yes. that'll be nice you'll probably see a little rotation there with um with uh cunningham and i'm blanking on the names yes Moro. obviously the poor guy how did i just forget him he's been doing so well but um <laughs> so that'll probably hopefully help there but they do need a lot of work on there my final thoughts, basically the same thing. You're running out of time, so you do have a little bit of pressure um, coming on. But we couldn't – there were a lot of holes that we would mention before that you had to fix. And obviously, you're not just going to snap your finger and see it all work together. So it was refreshing last week, especially in that second half, to kind of see things start to yes. click that we were addressing. Um, and with the um, getting back, like Nicobe Dean – and being able to get Roby and see him perform, they are making little adjustments. I have no fear that Howie will make whatever adjustments that they need to make. Um, but yeah, so it is refreshing, but they are running out of time. Yeah, they are. Uh, and the and Halloween is the trade deadline. So there are a couple weeks left here still. Um, but you're right. The, and the Eagles are coming into a stretch of games. You know, they have the Jets on Sunday. Then they play the Dolphins at home. They go on the road and play the Commanders. Then the Cowboys come to town. Then they go to Kansas City. Then the Bills come in here at some point. I don't think that's the game right after that, but the Bills are in there. They play San Fran early December. Yeah, that's it. so they've got a lot of games upcoming that are going to be tough They, you know, they won all of the games that they were, quote, supposed to win here in the early part of the season. Now is when it's going to be, you know, they are, are they they are still the better team on paper for the majority of these games. But if they can't figure out some of these issues, other teams are going to be able to take yes. advantage of those issues. 
And that's what I was going to say about the San Fran Cowboys. You love to see the Cowboys lose like that. But San Fran, no lie, like they are the most worrisome team that we have coming up, obviously. Them and the Eagles are the best teams in the NFC right now, by far. Um, but, the NFL, period, by far. Yes, true, very true. Um, but that's my thing is I have no fear until you see me in December and January because – Right now, both teams have to stay healthy. Both teams are still kind of connecting, especially Philly. They have such a talented roster and kept their coaches. They're just continuing what they had last year. They didn't have to kind of figure things out like Philly did. So I'm fine with people putting them over the Eagles right now. It's kind of like what we're used to is getting overlooked. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I – as of right now, like if we had to play them this week, I would be worried about them. But yeah. we'll see how we feel come December and January because I feel like it's going to be a lot different of a matchup at that point. Yeah, and I, I think A.J. Brown is the one who said it last week. You know, nobody wants to be playing their best football in October, right? Exactly. That's typically what the Dallas yeah. Cowboys do. They play their best football in September, October, <laughs> and then by Every the time year. September, January rolls around, trash. Just, but they're, they're starting a little early this year. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's – they nothing's going to be perfect now they still have some things that need to be adjusted but as we have said the last couple weeks we're running out of time for the ability to be patient on those things yeah like the the ability to be like it's gonna come there's not much time left for it to arrive you know agreed yeah so we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we will talk about this upcoming matchup with the New York Jets, the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets, and we'll see how that's going to go. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back into episode number 109 of Babes on Broad. So as we've been foreshadowing this entire time with these planes flying over me, we have the New York Jets this week, two and three, just mentioned it, led by Zach Wilson. Poor, poor guys for them, man. It's just the, the fan base really can't catch a break there. Um, like I mentioned, two and three, their only two wins were that very first game where they kind of, they had Aaron Rodgers for what, like a quarter and Not then, like, yeah, he literally played, I think, three plays. Jeez. He didn't do anything as a New York Jet. Yeah. So they kind of had just rode with that momentum, got the win over the Bills, luckily for them. And then their only other win was this past week against the Broncos, which doesn't say much. Um, First of really, all, they barely beat the Broncos. However, yeah. I am a big fan, big fan of karma in sports. Big fan of that petty energy. I, I love it. <laughs> I really, 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 truly, truly enjoyed how much garbage Sean Payton talked, knowing yeah. that it could have gone either direction. Like Russ could have figured it out or he could have been equally as bad, if not worse than he was last year. And he talked so much trash. I just, I, and I'm like, I understand that Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl, but like, has he really done enough to be as much of an asshole as he is? Like, right? I don't think he has. I think the only person who has warranted enough of that truly is Bill Belichick. He's the only coach in the NFL. And like, maybe to an extent, Andy Reid. But I Andy would Andy, never. But Andy would never. <laughs> right? Like Andy would never might like make a joke and be, and like giggle and like whatever. But like Sean Payton won a Super Bowl in 2009. It, if not yeah, earlier, I think it was, I don't even remember when the States went, won the Super Bowl, but like we were young. He just like hasn't done enough to do that. Like I, I don't know. So I just thought that was like really weird to do um, when it happened. And it really did, you know, bring me a lot of joy that they were able to beat them the way they did. They had, they were able to have their fun on Twitter. Like I really did enjoy that for the New York Jets. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Well, I mean, it's also because neither of those teams are the threat, obviously. So you're looking at them and you're like, who do I feel worse for and then when you just have one of the teams being like a like a cocky for no reason loser it's like come on like you aren't even rootable for obviously we're not rooting for the Jets this week um and it's also funny just that we're talking about annoying things because Aaron Rodgers like I actually started to like him after watching Hard Knocks I was like this guy's not that bad like we don't agree on maybe some social matters and like political matters here and there and stuff but this guy's not, not that. And then, yeah. And then he goes on Pat McAfee yesterday. And I don't know if he's just trying to start. Well, it started a couple of weeks ago, I guess, last week when he called Travis Kelsey, Mr. Pfizer. Like that's a, like a bash at him. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Like you're insulting like, him. Ooh. It's not even like he came out like in really like pro, like, oh my gosh, go get the vaccine. He just literally did a commercial for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but and also, A plus Travis Kelsey with the most perfect textbook answer I've yeah. ever heard in his in his presser as well. Like, 
And and that's exactly it. Like nobody is out here trying to start any of these issues. Like no one's trying to sit down and have an argument with Aaron Rodgers because no. you can't argue with stupidity. Okay. You can't Literally. argue with irrationality and stupidity. That's something I've learned a long time ago. That's some good advice for, for life. Yeah. You can't argue with stupid. That goes for anything, <laughs> any topic. Right. It's like arguing with Dallas Cowboys fans, right? Like you can't argue yeah, with right. stupid. Okay. Just don't try. It's a waste of your energy. It'll just make you mad. No point. Yeah, dude, I, it just it oh, was very frustrating because then, yeah, because then you said it, Travis Kelsey had a perfect response. It should have ended there. It was nothing. And then Aaron's trying to start a whole debate. And it's like, you actually are like, there's something wrong with you or you're just desperately trying to stay in the media. Like, it it doesn't make sense. I Either mean, way, Pat he knows what he's doing by having yeah, Aaron Rodgers on every week, but also I really like Pat McAfee and I'm just like, please stop bringing this moron on to talk about nothing. I agree, man. Ugh. I think Pat McAfee just needs to hang out at the WWE and just do that because he's really good at that. I, good. I, agree. I think he's entertaining for the most part, but yeah. Yeah. But really okay. So getting to the jets this week, there's not much to talk about because like there's we said, yeah, they're they're not the best. Um, some of the key matchups, I guess you can say. Obviously, Quinn and Williams is like their yep. best player. Yep. Um, so our offensive line has to deal with him yet again. They have another defensive guy that they have to kind of put up a front against, but should not be a problem. Hopefully, for our offensive line, they've done really well against that all year. Um, so we'll see. And Quinn and Williams, he's been doing good getting pressures, but he only has a half a sack it's hard to say when it's just uh, literally a half so um he's kind of just been fluctuating a little bit I hope we don't see him turn it around against us I don't think we will um Eagles wide receivers obviously you have to go against the DBs for New York and Sauce Gardner they're number one DJ Reed they've been talking about he's been he's their uh second corner over there sorry if you can hear my dogs now they're going crazy but <laughs> TJ Reed their second corner over there um and he's been performing well this year I guess like he's getting a lot of hype a lot of people are talking about him but then you look at it and you're like he's 5'9 188 pounds so you can okay. try I'm assuming because there's no way that it will ever even make AJ Brown flinch. So I'm, assuming, <laughs> so I'm assuming he's going to be on Devontae. And uh, at 5'9, 188 pounds, I don't even think that'll really affect Devontae. I'm assuming he's really fast. But uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes for them. Sauce, obviously, you have to be not worried, but he's going to be a fun be, Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, Jets' run defense is like in the top. 20s as like worst top 20s um so that'll be fun there's a lot of just just a lot of areas where these teams don't really match up yeah I think that the Eagles need to Zach Wilson has been getting now he was bad at football last year he has been doing a he's been improving week by week so that has been really, you know, good for them to see, obviously, but you don't want it to keep happening against the Eagles. So knowing that he is slowly climbing that ladder a little bit, the Eagles have to, you know, obviously I, I don't see this Eagles team as taking any matchup lightly. I don't see them getting complacent against anybody. Um, you know, one of the Especially big things, not with their play right now. Absolutely not. Um, you know, 
again, against the Denver defense is really, it's, it's not saying much. Brees Hall did have 177 yards on the ground last week. Um, did break off a 72 yard run. So, you know, containing him is going to be important. Obviously they do have yeah. weapons here and there that can hurt you. Um, but this really could be, it, it could be a good opportunity for the Eagles to write some of the you know, issues that they're having. And it could be their last opportunity for a little bit, you know, more of an inferior opponent to be able to get that adjusted before they get to some of these little bit tougher matchups coming their way. I agree with you hundred percent. I think that this defense is good enough that it will be a good practice for them in the red zone. Like it's not something to write off. If we see good red zone play to be like, Oh, well, it was just the jets. Like they do have key pieces. So I think it will be um, a test for them there that they can kind of try to get things rolling. As you mentioned. Um, yeah. And obviously Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, they have things that they can do, but. We shall see. Yeah, I just, it's one of those things. It's like obviously you can't overlook any team in the NFL. You're all professional football players. You're going to have good pieces, but, 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 <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I think if, but again, I think if like the secondary is going to have a bounce back game to really play a complete game. Obviously, they bounced back in the second half last week, but if they're going to bounce back from the way they started, like you know, turning over Zach Wilson isn't a bad way to go. I agree. And I will mention, um, what is it? Vera, their lineman got hurt. Forget his name. Vera Ty Thomas. Hurt. What? Ty Beckton's hurt. Was he here all year? Or did he just get hurt last week? No, he just got hurt in week five. So last week, but, um, yeah, so that is something too, that might affect Brees Hall's play. And might even give our defensive line some more fun time on that line. But, um, yeah, so we'll see. Overall, Jess, what's your keys to success and your final score prediction? Uh, My key to success is going to be probably the same as it is almost every week. It's it's both sides of the, the, the line. If the defensive line can get in there and make Zach Wilson uncomfortable, the same way that they were able to do in the second half to to Matthew Stafford last week, they're they're in a much better position. You know, a lot of those throws that Matthew Stafford missed in the second half were because there were large men in his face getting pressure. And if he were able to make any of those throws or make any of those plays, we're talking about a completely different football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once they were able to start generating pressure, which they were not in the first half, that's when, you know, he started getting really uncomfortable. So, and, and he's a, you know, how many year, 16, 17 year vet at this point. So if they can get that kind of pressure on Zach Wilson, he will be, he will make some mistakes and hopefully the Eagles can capitalize on those mistakes. And then obviously the offensive line is going to be important for this, as you mentioned with Quinn and Williams, especially, but I think the biggest key here is the Eagles just capitalizing on their opportunities on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. It's going to start with both lines, but capitalizing on opportunities is my biggest key for them to be successful this week. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I I love that. Um, Like you said, they always went in the trenches. So that's obviously going to be a big part. Don't play down to this team, which I don't think that they will because they still have a lot to prove and a lot to improve upon before they get into this hectic part of their schedule. Um, My biggest key to success though, that I will say is I want to see, 
Um, the same play calling that we saw from Brian Johnson last week between the 20s, but we need to see that improvement now in the red zone. And then Sean decide to come out. I like the adjustments we saw last week, but I want to see it progress to being that strong from the beginning. You yes. know, so um, I want to see the coordinators as well just continue to learn and have better success out there from the beginning because that's ultimately what's going to get this team to their top level notch. So what is your final score prediction for Sunday? Oh, man. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be high scoring, dude. Um, let's go 28-10. 28-10. All right. Yeah. I think similarly, I still think the Eagles – I think the Eagles go up over 30 this week. I don't think – I think they're going to fix some of it. I do. I'm speaking it into existence. So I think it's going to be more of a 33-17, some garbage touchdown from from the Jets at the end. But I think that's yeah. ish area – is probably where they're going to be for, for the majority. I like it. We were not correct last week. No, we said, um, 28, 24. So we were close for the Eagles. 24 or 28, 14. I couldn't remember which one. So we we were close, um, for our team, not for the other team. We had not as much faith in our defense, I guess, than we should have had. Well, if we were predicting after the first half, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, we were on we were on target for it. Yeah, it's it's been you know, it's been interesting, and it's still. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We still don't know what the NFL is. Like, there are some teams that are really good, and some that are a week by week case by. There's some that are absolute trash, like just bad yeah. football. But, like, the Bills, what are the Buffalo Bills? No one knows. Literally. What are the Buffalo Bills? The Cincinnati Bengals, are they a bad football team? They might be. How did that happen? The New England Patriots, bad football team. Not bad football. There was a point there we said, eh, and now they're just bad. Bad. (laughs) Bad football team. Like, the Dolphins, like, they started off good, but are they really a good football team? Are they a an October they, football team. You know? I was going like, to say, they have one of those vibes to them where, like, they, like you said, kind of like the Cowboys, where, like, they have that flashiness to them to start, but you're like, something about this just doesn't feel like it can endure the entire season. And that's another fun. thing. Yeah, and that's another thing is you have all these actual good, not all of them, because a lot are mediocre as we're talking about, but the ones that are good, they have to stay healthy the entire season, which is very hard in the NFL. You know what I mean? So it's the NFL is almost impossible to predict who's going to be there come January. You know what I mean? But yeah, there's just so many teams that you're like, "Hmm." there are also some bad football games this week. Oh, really? I didn't even look. Okay. So the Broncos are going to get absolutely obliterated by the Chiefs on Thursday night. Oh, okay, yep. Absolutely destroyed. The Ravens and the Titans play in London. No one's watching that game. The Commanders and the Falcons, bad. Two bad football teams. Bad game. The Vikings and the Bears, bad. Two very bad football teams. The Seahawks and the Bengals, not very good. Average at best. The 49ers are going to absolutely obliterate the Cleveland Browns. 
The Panthers and the Dolphins. I don't even know which way that one's going to go. I have a weird feeling that that could end up being like not great for the Dolphins because they also are, they're struggling with injury or they could blow the doors off. There's no in between. Colts, Jags, both just not great. <laughs> Anthony Richardson's on IR. I don't even know yeah, what that's the Jags. Yeah, that's the Jags. The Saints and the Texans. Eh. Oh, God, the Patriots and the Raiders. And and even worse, I'm pretty sure that might be America's game of the week because it's Josh McDaniels. And, oh, my God, bad. So too very yeah. terrible. Terrible well, football game. And just that's what we were mentioning, too, is, like, it's so just, like, blah. There's so many just mediocre teams this year that, like, yeah. you quite literally could not have predicted this because these teams obviously got matchups because they were expected to be good, like, in the primetime spot. But Like man. the Sunday night football matchup of the New York football Giants and the Buffalo Bills? Excuse me, I'm going oh. to bed at 8 p.m. on Sunday. I'm going to get a good night of sleep. Okay. When you said when you started with the Thursday night game with the Chiefs and I don't even remember who they're playing Broncos. anymore. I'm gonna get a good night of sleep tomorrow. Well, no, we have we're gonna have Phillies. So thank no, God no, they're I'm saving not. us. Well, it's a first pitch at six, so I will be going to sleep at like nine thirty. Unless the Diamondbacks sweep, then it's going to an eight o'clock start. Ah, oh, don't do that to me. I, I know. Like start it's almost too good to be true. I know. I love tonight's start five o'clock. See, I have to Beautiful. pick up Dave early from daycare to be able to be back in time for that. So I have to end so the a little bit. <laughs> that's selfish, Sam, speaking that. Everybody else, I'm currently, for those of you that don't know, I'm already on my maternity leave. So for me, <laughs> it's beautiful because <laughs> it's just perfect. But yeah, you're right. 5 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking about it's maternity leave, we'll, we, uh, we'll see if I'll even be here next week, but. That's right. We've got some plans lined up for while you're while you're out. Yeah. You are required to take some time, even from this. I know you're just yeah. we're sitting talking about sports as friends and, and happen to record it. <laughs> Great. But you're still required to take some time and just not do this for a little bit. There are yeah, both there are so, both babes on broad. It just won't be this specific babe on broad with me. Yeah. And uh hopefully when I return, they will be looking good. Still. I can only, can only hope. Well, we're going to wrap from there. Thank you so much for listening to episode 109 of Babes on Broad. As always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation for hosting our show. Make sure you're following on all of our socials individually as well as Bleeding Green Nation. Got stuff coming out constantly. If we don't have Sam next week, we will have another little baby on Broad to add to the group. Yeah. But regardless, if she does show up before then, I really hope she's here to see another Birds win this week. So we will talk to you next week and go birds and go Phillies.